This is Simply Meditation, an offering of Center for Self-Care, and your mindful coach, that's me, Mark Balser. Each week at 7.15 p.m. on Wednesday, we have an in-person guided meditation and short teaching at Balance for Life Yoga in Devon, Pennsylvania. Feel free to join us there or listen each week to our intro and guided practice or standalone guided practice. If you'd like to learn more, visit me at www.center4selfcare.com or email me at mark at centerforselfcare.com. Thank you and enjoy. Annie Lamott, the um, author, has said, uh, my mind is like a bad neighborhood. I don't want to go there alone. <laughs> and, you know, that, that, um, that sense of shared experience can be difficult sometimes when we've got our blinders on and we're dealing with a very specific, uh, difficult issue. But, you know, as it turns out, many other people are experiencing similar, similar things. Not the same, but the emotions same kinds of emotions uh, with different magnitudes. So we can get a sense of that uh, as we share each time. So for the month of February, we're gonna work with this book called Consolations, which is uh, one of my favorite authors, David White. He's a poet. And what's so wonderful of his work is that whether he's writing poetry or prose, it's all poetry. So this particular book has about 50 or 60 selections. Here's genius. So he writes about genius for four pages, and it's a poem. It's just so beautifully written and lyrically written. He also has a couple of books uh, about uh, soul in the workplace. And I mean, these are two or three or 400 page books, and it's like watching a waterfall. <laughs> it's just so beautiful to read. I, John's read uh, The Three Marriages, and we'll talk a tiny bit about that today, kind of the arenas of our life, how we have, we have our, our work or our vocation or our school. We have our relationships, uh, could be romantic, could be friendships, uh, could be family. And then we have self, which oftentimes is the one that misses out in so much of our work. You know, it's called work-life balance. And most of the time that life is about how do I manage my family or my, my relationships. It's not so much about, is there time for me? So hopefully we can bring all three of those arenas into conversation because oftentimes we try to kind of cordon off one of those difficulties so it doesn't infect the rest of our experience and that doesn't, doesn't work so well. <laughs> we come home from a bad day of work, it's hard not to be snippy with our puppy dog. We'll start with a short meditation, a little bit of a visualization reflecting on our first topic today, which is going to be procrastination. And so maybe we'll dig into yesterday or today or deeper into our past to find some of those areas of our life where we might have procrastinated. We'll practice for just a couple of minutes and that'll give us the raw material for our work tonight. Okay. Sound good? So just finding a comfortable posture letting the body soften into the seat the eyes can close the hands can rest gently on your lap or thighs 
I might gently scan the body, looking for any areas that might benefit from some softening. Loosening the hands, dropping the shoulders. Sensing how the breath might flow more freely. arriving in this moment. You might be aware of sounds. Bringing your awareness beyond the room of vehicles or nature outside. You might be aware of sounds in the room. Not searching for them or hanging on to them. Just allowing them to enter your experience and then fade away. And now allowing a picture, a vision to form in your mind seeing yourself earlier today as you awoke, seeing yourself opening your eyes, lifting your head from the pillow. And now taking the next two or three minutes to watch the movie of your day Seeing yourself get ready, eating breakfast, perhaps leaving the home. Recalling the people you encountered, things you did. might find yourself now at midday, recalling what you might have eaten for lunch and what you did next. Noticing if you get caught up in something that happened and move on. Just watching your day play out.
And as the sky darkens, you might see yourself returning home or enjoying a meal and arriving here in this room. And as you reflect on this day, perhaps even reflecting further back to the last week, last month, see if you can bring to mind anything that you might have been putting off. any actions or decisions, difficult conversations that you haven't quite gotten around to doing. And making room for both the mundane not getting around to the laundry and the more serious. Reflecting on them with a curious and open heart. There's no need to judge. But instead being aware and curious. And perhaps letting go of these visions, any technique, and taking this last minute to rest in presence. not needing to go anywhere or do anything. Sensing how this moment is the only moment that you need. Now drawing a deeper breath in Relaxing on the exhale, taking several long deep breaths, and then opening your eyes as you're ready. As I was getting ready to leave today, I had a pretty open day so I could take care of things on my list. I did do my taxes, did work on my budget, but as I was leaving, I found the list of everything I needed to do on Monday, which I had written on Sunday. And I had done none of those things. I hadn't even consulted the list. So I was putting off quite a bit follow-ups that I had promised to do and, and so on. So uh, recognizing that I just gave an instruction to be curious, 
not need to judge it. I tried to give myself some compassion, but I, I was still kind of thinking, like, how could you be so silly? The whole point of today was to do this list of things, and you didn't look at it until six o'clock. I was uh, reading uh, a little bit about procrastination very close to the time that this started today because I procrastinated. One of the interesting articles, this just came out from uh, the BBC online, and it talks about, because at the start of the year, so many of the people, like we did this habit change project, and um, people wanted to work on time management type things, and we associate procrastination with time management. And what this article says is that procrastination isn't a time management problem, it's an emotion management problem. Mm -hmm. That we procrastinate <laughs> because we feel uncomfortable about the situation or the challenge of working on this task. And so we want to do something that will make us feel good. Uh, the example they use is we watch cat videos. I don't know how many of you watch cat videos, but they were... <laughs> Yeah, they were using this example and they're trying to figure out why people like cat videos so much. And like, there's no rational argument for people. And, well, it certainly creates positive affect. Like, it can change your mood. And uh, so thinking of procrastination as an emotion management project problem and how we're trying to avoid uncomfortable emotions. And so one of the interesting things that they found in studies is that uh, your, your mood is, is down when you're avoiding this work. And you have this tendency to want to procrastinate. But if you don't have those objects of procrastination, you don't procrastinate. So if you don't have your laptop next to you to look up that cat video, you're less likely to procrastinate. So they did a lot of things about environmental change so that people would be less likely to procrastinate. The other thing that I thought was really interesting is they, they in, in a lab, of course, they tried to convince people that their moods wouldn't change. So basically like, oh, you're in a bad mood, you're going to be a, in a bad mood no matter what. And there's something about that because those procrastination tasks make us feel better for a short time. And then we're often back to like, why didn't I sort my mail, right? And so they did this work to try to convince people that they couldn't change their mood and they stopped procrastinating. So it's kind of a weird backwards or reverse psychology way to think about how can I change my environment so those distractions aren't going to be right next to me? And how can I say, if I don't you know, work on this issue, ultimately I'm going to end up back where I am in this negative affect. So I thought that stuff was kind of cool. But the other piece is what's good about procrastination. So let me read you this selection from David White. And uh, I was talking to John today. One of his points is procrastination doesn't have to be that far away from patience. That procrastination is waiting for the right time to do the thing. Patience is waiting for the right time to do the thing. Imagine if we reframed it that way. So procrastination is not always what it seems. To see procrastination as undesirable, especially in the initial stages of an endeavor, is to say that Jacob was procrastinating by wrestling with his angel, that a woman feeling her first birth pangs should, should simply get on with it. 
that a bud should be broken open to reveal the full glory of the flower. What looks from the outside like our delay, our lack of commitment, even our laziness, may have more to do with the slow, necessary ripening through time and the central struggle with the realities of any endeavor to which we have set our minds. To hate our procrastinating tendencies is in some way to hate our relationship with time itself, to be unequal to the phenomenology of revelation and the way it works its own way in its own gifted time only emerging when the very qualities it represents have a firm correspondence in our necessarily struggling heart and imagination. Any creative frontier is by nature a conversational frontier. It is a meeting of the inner and outer worlds we inhabit. It is a knitting together, a growing together, a surprising arrival with its own, to begin with unknown unfolding caught within it as part of its own genius. Procrastination, when studied closely, can be a beautiful thing, a parallel with patience, a companionable friend, a revealer of the true pattern already caught within us. Acknowledging, for instance, as a writer, that before a book can be written, most of the ways it cannot be written must be tried first. On the blank screen of the empty page, or staring at the bedroom ceiling at four in the morning. Procrastination enables us to understand the true measure of our reluctance. An, ever, an endeavor achieved without delay, wrong turnings, occasional blank walls, and a vein of self-doubt running through all, leading eventually to some degree of heartbreak is a thing of the moment, and often neither use nor ornament. It will be scanned for a moment and put aside. What is worthwhile carries the struggle of the maker written within it, but wrought into the shape of an earned understanding. Procrastination helps us to be a student of our own reluctance, to understand the hidden darker side of the first enthusiastic idea, to learn what we have, are afraid of in the endeavor itself. Procrastination does not stop a project from coming to fruition. What stops us is giving up on an original idea because we have not got to the heart of the reason we are delaying, nor let the true form of our reluctance instruct us in the way ahead. To procrastinate is to be involved with the larger entities than our own ideas. To refuse to settle for an early underachieving outcome and wrestle like Jacob with his angel, finding, as Rilke said, Winning does not tempt that man. This is how he grows, by being defeated decisively by greater and greater beings. So I wanted to try out a inquiry practice. Inquiry practices, we often use questions. We introduce them to kind of a space that we've created in our mind, in our heart, in our body. So oftentimes we'll do a little breathing to open up our consciousness. And then when we ask those questions, we see what arises. We're not really going out there searching for an answer. We take our time to see what comes up and then does it resonate? Does that feel like the answer or do we let that go to the side and see what comes up next? Really cool things can happen. It's an opportunity to reframe because we've got our narrative, our story of how things are. 
and that may or may not be how things actually are, and certainly not how things will be. I find oftentimes it's a really helpful tool for self-compassion because I might say, you know what, this is a really difficult problem and I might not be able to solve it, which is very forgiving for me that then I can still go out and work hard on this knowing that other people would have a tough time with it too. And so, of course, you get empathy along with that, recognizing, and uh, just a different perspective and openness to experience. So as we meditate, I'll guide you through a couple of questions. You might use one of those things that you're procrastinating as the object of your uh, exploration, or it might just be something difficult that you're working with right now. So let's get started. As you're ready, you might let your eyes close. And becoming aware of the movement of breath in your body. Just breathing naturally and observing the rise and fall of the belly or the chest. I'm not trying to change anything or make the breath flow in a certain way, but deeply feeling it. Feeling the muscles expanding and contracting. Feeling the air flow into your nostrils, out of your mouth or perhaps your nostrils. Feeling this rhythm as you draw the breath in and out, in and out. If you find your mind wandering tonight, you might even offer a silent word, saying in with the in-breath, out with the out-breath. Sensing a spaciousness grow inside your experience. Room for the mind to explore and be open. And within this spaciousness, you might place your concerns. One of these situations of procrastination that you've been struggling with. Perhaps a challenge or difficulty in your life. As you bring it to mind, perhaps 
including images or conversations. Notice what else comes up for you. Notice the thoughts and judgments around this issue. Any feelings of uncertainty or doubt. You might even notice where you feel it in your body. When this issue you're exploring as it is at its worst, what does it feel like? You feel heat or tension, you feel anger, tingling in the hands, an ache in the body. To the extent it feels safe, let yourself feel it. And when we frame our procrastination as an emotion management problem instead of a time management problem, we can open up to the wisdom that we can find inside of us. Our emotions, they derive from needs that aren't being met. So you might ask yourself, when I consider this issue or procrastination, what do I need? What is my unmet need? in those moments. What is my unmet need? And be open to whatever arises. It might be a physical need, a need for safety or guidance, an emotional or psychological need. What is my unmet need? is my unmet need. And as responses arise, you might see if they resonate. Receive any messages from your body or heart that tell you you're on the right track. If you find one of these words or concepts that resonates, is there another word that might express it more clearly? What is my unmet need?
what would happen if that need was met? What would happen if that unmet need was met? What would it feel like? You might even imagine this need being met and sensing what would happen. Bringing images to your mind. Letting it play out. What would it feel like if this need was met? We might even work backwards and sensing what makes us feel this way that we can give to ourselves. Or that we can receive from others. What might we do to meet this need? And in these remaining minutes, you might let go of these responses and reflecting on one final question. What advice do I have for myself? What advice do I have for myself?
you might let the breath deepen once again. Perhaps even bringing a smile to the face as we breathe in and out. Seeing ourselves working with this issue in the coming days. Reflecting on what we need. Giving and getting what we need. And then as you're ready, closing the meditation and opening your eyes.